let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Rev. Richard C. Whitcomb. I go! I go! I go! Once there was a man named Robert who was walking down the street and he wasn't watching where he was going. Before he knew what happened, he had fallen into a very deep hole. No matter how he tried, he couldn't climb out of the hole. Help me! Someone help me, please! He shouted. The first person who came by was a politician. The politician said, if you vote for me, I promise to eradicate all holes from this nation. Suddenly, a large crowd appeared. They were wearing political party t-shirts and waving political party flags. No more holes, they shouted. No more holes. No more holes. And before Robert knew what happened, the politician and his supporters had marched off shouting, No more holes. But Robert was still in the hole. Hey! Then along came a teacher. The teacher said, if you sign up for my online class, I will tell you how to prevent falling in a hole. But when the teacher left, Robert was still in the hole. After him came a business consultant. Sign up for my business system and I will teach you how to make a profit in the hole. Holy prophets, hey! But when the business consultant left, Robert was still in the hole. Will someone help me? Then along came a prophet. The prophet said, eh, if you sow a seed offering, I promise to prophesy which of your family members is the cause of this hole. <laughs> but when the prophet finished prophesying, Robert was still stuck in the hole. Then along came Jesus. Jesus, it's me, Robert. Please help me. Everyone else has promised and failed. Please, Jesus, lift me out of this hole. And Jesus said, I will. I will lift you out of this hole, I promise. But then to Robert's surprise, Jesus jumped down into the hole with him. Robert said, Jesus, why did you get down here with me? Jesus said, I came down into this hole to put you on my shoulder and lift you up so you can be delivered from the hole. And Jesus lifted Robert and pushed him out of the hole. For you see, that's why Jesus came. Jesus came to save us from the hole we're in. He came to save us because we can't save ourselves. He came to rescue us and redeem us and restore us. And he didn't just make empty promises. He acted in love and kept his word to us. See, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent an economist. If our greatest need uh, was medical, God would have sent us a doctor. But since our greatest need was salvation and restoration, to be lifted out of the hole of sin, God sent us a Savior. He sent his Son to rescue and redeem us and carry us out of the hole. Into our dark night came the light of the world. Into our confusion came the Prince of Peace. Into our pain came the healer. Into our poverty, he brought heaven's glory. Into our misery, he brought joy. He is the Savior. 
And the glorious message of Christmas today is that when Jesus came to earth, he came to rescue and redeem and restore every single one of us. In him, every need is met. In him, every promise of God is fulfilled. For you see, if God would give his son to rescue us and give us a new identity and a new life, then there is no other promise that God will not keep. There's no other need that God will not meet. He will answer every cry for help. He will fulfill his word in your life today. So let's stop and take a moment to thank God for the promise before we learn more how to receive him this Christmas. Father, we come in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your promise fulfilled. We thank you that you heard our cry for help and you sent your son Jesus to rescue us and redeem us and deliver us. Come upon us today. Fill our hearts with faith. Fill our eyes with truth and light. We submit to you now. We bind every voice of the devil that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit, the power to enlighten us and give us grace and joy and peace to lift us up out of the hole. Give us faith today to know that you will meet every need and fulfill every promise in our lives. We thank you by faith in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. I want to invite you to join your faith with mine this morning. Put your hand on your chest and pray after me. Lord Jesus, speak to my heart change my life, manifest your glory in me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Welcome to Agape House. I'm glad you're here today as we kick off our Christmas sermon series called The Promise. Everybody say The Promise. Now leading up to Christmas and the end of the year, we're going to be looking at the promises of God. I love Christmas for many reasons, but to me, the one of the most special things about Christmas is that it's a message of hope. It's a message of life. It's a message of restoration. But most of all, it is a message of God's promise fulfilled. For you see, from the moment that man fell into sin, God set in motion a plan to redeem us and lift us out of the hole. He promised to send a redeemer who would forgive us and save us and deliver us. And then on that holy night in Bethlehem, heaven parted and God sent his son Jesus down to earth, born in a manger, born as a child. God kept his word and Jesus came to us. And just as his coming fulfilled every promise and every prophecy of the Father in the world, so his coming brings fulfillment to everyone who claims and receives this gift. Now, to help us learn more about the power of God's promise, we printed sermon notes. They look like this. You can also download these free at our website. Just scan the QR code, and I invite you to take out your notes and follow along with me this morning as we discover the power of God's promise. There at the top of your notes is our scripture text, one simple verse found in 2 Corinthians 1.20. I want to invite everybody to read it out loud, read it with faith, read it like you're preaching on the radio today. Are you ready? Here we go. Three, two, one, go. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ. Read it again. Read it with faith. Ready, go. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled 
in Christ. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your heart today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Think with me for a moment about the powerful impact of this verse. There are many amazing truths, but today I want to point out three truths about the power of God's promise from this verse. And here's your first truth. The scope of God's promises. Everybody say the scope of God's promises. Listen to how the verse begins. It begins with a word that's powerful. It begins with the word all. Everybody shout all. All of God's promises, A-L-L, all, all of the promises are fulfilled in Christ. There are thousands of promises in God's word. And the Bible says every single promise that God has ever made is fulfilled in Christ. The Old Testament promises and the New Testament promises. The promises to the sinner and the promises to the saint. The conditional promises and the unconditional promises. The promises of provision and the promises of peace. Every single promise is fulfilled in Christ. And see, here's the good news for all of us today. There is no need in your life that God does not have a promise for. He's given a promise for every need in every life, in every nation, in every generation. God has a promise, and all of them are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. You know, let me just tell you, it's allowed to jump and shout at Agape House. You don't have to keep quiet. I know we're East Legon, we're high society people, but you're allowed to jump and shout at Agape House. Amen. And the fact is, God knows every need you have. There's a promise for every need, and he knows every need. For listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew 6. So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. There's no need you have, no area of your life where there is a lack that God God doesn't already know what you need. He knows what you need. And the good news is he wants to meet your needs. For the Bible says in 1 Timothy 6, 17, God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell your neighbor all we need. Tell the other neighbor, the one you like better, all we need. God is never stingy. God is never reluctant. God is never squeezing face. He rejoices in providing all we need. This promise is so great, it's almost hard to comprehend. Sometimes we can hardly believe that God wants to meet every need. He wants to bless us. He wants us to enjoy life. Maybe you were born into a family where poverty was a way of life. Even to get food to eat, even to get water to drink, even to get a dress to wear, you found it difficult. And so you didn't really grow up with things easy at all. And now you come to God and you find it hard to believe he wants to meet every need. Or maybe you grew up in a family where A, they had money, but they didn't want you to have money. And so you've grown up believing that God is holding on to the blessings, but God knows your needs. He wants to meet your needs and he's promised to meet every need in your life. That's why Philippians 4.19 says, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. I'm talking about the scope of the promise of God. He's promised to meet every need. He's promised to meet every physical need. This is the testimony of the children of Israel in the Old Testament. 
There were about three million of them. They were wandering through the desert in a dry and dusty land. But the Bible says God met every need. Listen to the testimony of Joshua in Joshua 21:45. Not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came true. And I'm here to testify that just like the children of Israel, every promise will come to pass. Not one single promise of my Jesus will fail in your life. Somebody get up and shout hallelujah. God will meet every physical need. If God can do it for them, won't he do it for us? But it's not just physical needs. There are emotional and spiritual needs inside of us. But 2 Samuel twenty-two thirty-one says, God's way is perfect. All, somebody shout all. Somebody shout all. Spell it out, A-L-L. All. The Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. So God will provide your physical needs. He'll provide emotional needs. He's a shield round about you, protecting you. Maybe you're facing a situation today that looks difficult. You think the promise of God is not working. Maybe you're here and this year has been a difficult year. You're facing Christmas with bills due and broken relationships and you think that God's promise has been delayed, but I'm here to declare to you today, no matter how it looks, no matter what people tell you, no matter what the enemy whispers in your ear, every promise of God will be fulfilled in your life. If you believe it, say amen. That's what we see in the birth of Jesus. From a human point of view, it looked like a bad time for Christ to come. It was a bad time for Mary to be with child before she got married. It was a bad time to deliver Jesus when the Romans had ordered them to travel. It was a bad time when the innkeeper said, there is no room for you in the inn. But all of those circumstances point to the fulfillment of God's promise and give us faith to believe. See, if Jesus had been born after Mary was married, we wouldn't count his birth as miraculous. And if Jesus was born in Nazareth, he would have been surrounded by family and friends, and they would block those dirty shepherds from coming. It would not have fulfilled prophecy. And if Jesus had not been born in a lowly manger, we would not have seen his humility and his love for us. But everything happened in God's perfect time. God worked all the circumstances together to fulfill his promise. And I came to tell you today, no matter the timing, no matter the difficulty, no matter what you face, God is working in your life to bring his promise to pass. Back in 1992, we were renting a facility for our Bible school. We had a beautiful compound with multiple buildings. And God said to me, go and meet the landlord and tell him you want to buy the property. I didn't have money, but I had faith. So I stepped out and met the landlord and he said, yes, I will sell it to you. He gave us a very good price and we started praying for the money. But as the deadline for payment came closer and closer, we still didn't have the money. And then, just before we had to pay, I got a call with a shocking news. The landlord who agreed to sell you the property, the owner himself, had died. Hey! God! What in? Hey! You told me to buy this place. 
And before I could get the money, the man has died. What will the family say? We prayed and prayed, but God was working behind the scenes. When we met the senior brother, he said, I'm decided to keep the word of my brother, and we're going to continue to sell. And then, not knowing the deadline the first man had given us, he gave us another deadline down the road. We started praying. God miraculously supplied. We bought that compound on the main Wari Sapale Road. We bought those buildings and we met there and taught men and women and sent them into the ministry because God keeps his promises. His time is right. His answer is never late, never early. That's why Hebrews 10.23 says, God can be trusted to keep his promises. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you. Never allow the presence of difficulty to cause you to question the promises of God. You can always count on God. He knows your need. He wants to meet your need. And he sent a promise for every need in your life. Sister, there's a promise God has for you right now. Your name is written on the outside. There's a promise for you, brother. There's a promise for you. And Psalm 12, 6 says, The Lord's promises are pure, like silver refined in a furnace, purified seven times over. The scope of God's promises is all. But the second truth we need to understand is the strength of God's promises. For the Bible continues to say all of God's promises. These are the promises of Jehovah. These are the promises of the God who cannot lie. For Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He's not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? You see, you may be used to a lot of promise and fail. People may promise you and fail you. They're trying to get something from you, but God never the promises and fails. He always keeps his word because he's out to bless you. There's no manipulation, no gimmicks with Jesus. If you believe it, say amen. amen. We all know about people like Kwesi. Kwesi, oh, sorry, if your name is Kwesi, I'm not talking about you. Huh? But there was a man named Kwesi in Accra. He got a huge debt. He couldn't pay his bill. So he ran to a money lender to take money. And he borrowed a lot of money, and the money lender gave him a date to pay. But the date was approaching, and Kwesi still had no money. So he was so stressed and worried. One day he decided, I'm just going to go to the barber shop and shave my beard and relax and talk to the barber and just forget my problems. So Kwesi went to the barber shop, sat down, they wrapped sheet around him, he was going to shave his beard. But the money lender saw Kwesi going to the barber shop and decided now was his chance when he was strapped in the chair that he would get the money from him. So the money lender came in and started shouting, pay me my money, pay me my money. Then Kwesi said, oh, sir, no problem. I will pay you every peso a Just let me finish shaving my beard. When I finish shaving, I will pay you. Is that okay for you? But until I finish shaving, I won't pay. Is that okay? The money lender agreed. He said, I'll sit here and wait till you finish shaving, then you pay. But until you finish shaving, you don't need to pay. Then the Kwesi said to the barber, did you hear him? The barber said, yes. Then to their shock, Kwesi pulled the robe and got up and started to walk out of the shop. The money lender said, hey, where are you going? You said when you finish shaving, you will pay me. Quincy said, yes, and you agreed that until I've shaved, I don't have to pay you. So I will not shave. I will never shave. From that day, Quincy never shaved again. Hey! 
If you have a long beard and your name Kwesi, go and think about it. But God is not a man. God doesn't lie. He's not a human. He doesn't change his mind. If there was any promise God was going to break, it would be sending his son Jesus. If there was any promise that God would say, let me think about it, wait till I've shaved, it would be sending his son Jesus, for that cost him his son. Nothing else God does for you costs him anything. What does it cost God to heal you? It doesn't cost God to heal you. Does he have less because he heals you? No. What does it cost God to provide for you? Does his bank account at Echo Bank or GCB go down when he supplies for you? No. God has unlimited riches. Nothing costs God anything except the one thing, sending his son Jesus. And Christmas gives us confidence in all of God's promises because the most costly promise to keep, the one that cost God his son, he kept his word, which means every other promise, God will never fail. They cannot fail because they're based on the person of God. That's why Psalm 138.2 says, I praise your name. Somebody say your name. For your unfailing love and faithfulness. For your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you. If God said it, he will do it. He can move heaven and earth to get your destiny fulfilled. That's the lesson I learned some years ago when I was flying South Africa Airways from Accra to Washington, D.C. Our flight landed safely, and God so kind, I was one of the first off the plane. We all went to baggage carousel three to wait for our luggage, and I got there ahead of most everyone else, so I was standing right at the front of baggage carousel three. The luggage was coming and moving. The luggage was coming and moving. I said, aha, God has positioned me for favor. I'm right where I can get my luggage and go. But as we waited, the crowd began to come, more and more people from the plane, and they were jostling and juggling, their elbows were flying, and suddenly I was being pushed right and left. Then one very large woman came. She said, oh, my luggage, my luggage. And because she said it was her luggage, I decided to step by, let her take her luggage and go. But she got there, she pushed me aside, and when she saw the thing, she said, oh, it's not mine. Mm-hmm. But she refused to move. She said it was, you said it was your luggage and it's not yours. Now step us, I was here. She wouldn't move. Before I knew what happened, a brother had come on the right, a sister had come on the left with their elbows flying. Before I knew, I had gone from the front to the back. Hey, a crowd of people from South African Airways was there. Oh. Finally, I said, God, I'm not here to fight. I'm not here to struggle. Your time is best. And I started to walk away. I decided to stroll and wait for everybody, all the fat people, everybody to get their luggage. Uh, no problem. And I will come and take mine when they've gone. And as I was strolling, suddenly announcement came on the intercom. South Africa Airways from Accra. Your luggage is now available at Carousel 1. I looked up, and I was standing at Carousel one. I look back at all the people fighting and jostling. They were still looking at all the luggage at Carousel 3, looking annoyed. I say, hey, but here I am. I was there by myself, alone, pata pata finish, Carousel 1. Eh. Suddenly, my baggage came. I said, oh, God, you mean it? I took my luggage. I wheeled away. I looked back and waved at them. Hey, express, they leave you. 
God can move you from the back to the front. But more than that, God can make wherever you are become the front. I'm talking about a mighty God. I'm talking about a miracle worker. I'm talking about a God who cannot fail. I'm talking about the strength of his promise comes in the fact that God can take any situation and work it for good. He can take you from the front to the back and the back to the front, but he can make wherever you are the front. That's why Jeremiah 42, 11 says, I am the all-wise, all-wise powerful and ever-present God. I, the Lord, am with you to save you and deliver you. Somebody say amen. He can do anything. His promises never fail. He is all-wise, all-powerful, ever-present. And as we come to the end of the year, we need to focus on the scope of his promises and the strength of his name, which delivers his promises. Here at the end of the year, you'll hear some companies proclaiming employee of the year. And we all clap for the best employee of the year. Some schools have teacher of the year. Last week, these crazy Americans in Time magazine declared Taylor Swift uh, the person of the year. Taylor Swift? What? I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I have a better idea. Better than employee of the year, better than teacher of the year, better than person of the year. I declare Jehovah God of the year. He's the only God who always keeps his promise. He's the only God who's omnipresent, omnipowerful, and omniscient. But he's not just the God of the year. He's not just the God of the decade. He's the God of the century. He's the God of eternity. He's the God who knows no beginning and has no end. For Isaiah 40 says, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. And I'm here to proclaim, we serve a mighty God. He created all things. The one who formed the eye knows how to heal. The one who made the ear knows how to heal it. The one who created you and gave you talent and a job and a family. He knows how to provide for you and you will not lack because the strength of God's promise is the almighty God. If you believe it, say amen. Listen to how Isaiah continues. Who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and hills on a scale? Who else? The span of his hand can measure the universe. Just this week, my wife returned from U.S. home to Ghana. As you know, we went to bury my father-in-law. I came back early to preach at Jesus Encounter. My wife just came on Thursday. The flight took her 10 hours, 10 hours sitting on an airplane. No matter what food or drink they give you, 10 hours is 10 hours. No bismartino. But if you want to fly by plane to the moon, it will take you 19 days. If you travel to the sun by airplane, it will take you more than 21 years. If you don't want to fly to the sun and you decide to drive, it will take you more than 200 years. And that's without stopping at Lindador. But that's just our sun and moon. If you want to go to the next star, 
it would take you 51 billion years by airplane. But I serve a God whose hand spans the entire universe. So Isaiah continues, to whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? Ask the Holy One. Look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. This is the God we serve. He has all power. He holds all things together. And he came to earth as Emmanuel to be near to us. He's big enough that the heavens cannot contain him, yet small enough to live in our hearts. For Psalm 147 says, The Lord heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. He counts the stars and calls them all by name. How great is our Lord. His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. He has the power to meet every need and fulfill every promise, but he has the love to come inside us and to make us whole. And that brings us to our third truth, the source of God's promises. First, we see the scope, all. Second, we see the strength, God's promises. Now we see the source have been fulfilled in Christ. For you see, Jesus is the source of our fulfillment. Everything about God dwells in him. For Colossians 2.9 says, in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. All the creativity, all the power, all the energy, all the wisdom, all the knowledge, all of eternity was planted into Jesus and God sent him on Christmas day wrapped in a manger wrapped in a swaddling cloth born as a baby in Bethlehem and because of that we know that God is so great and yet God is so kind he came to rescue us and in him in Jesus the promise of Christmas is that all of God's power dwells For Jesus didn't just come to display God's power. He didn't just come to show us what God was like. He came to bring the full power and the full promise of God to us so we could be rescued, redeemed, and restored. When I was just a little child, Christmas was a wonderful time in our family. I grew up with my parents and my two older sisters. And my parents had a habit on Christmas. They would buy gifts for all of us. We knew the gifts were coming. We knew in anticipation it would be glorious. But we didn't know what the gift was until Christmas morning. Oh, for weeks in advance, my parents would go to the market. They would shop and buy gifts. They would wrap them in colorful gift wrap and tie bows. But my father would take them, and before we could see what was inside, he would place them high on a shelf in the wardrobe. My sisters and I would stand on our tippy toes. Ah, The one with the red ribbon, that's for me. The one with the blue is for me. But we couldn't see what they were. But then... On Christmas morning, my big, strong father would reach up to the shelf and he would bring the gifts out of the wardrobe, down, 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 and place them at the foot of the Christmas tree where everyone, every child, every little tyke could come and see them. There was access to the gift on Christmas morning 
we were brought to touch, to open, to receive. And that's what God did for us. All the power of God was put into a package named Jesus. And though it was too far and too distant, we couldn't see, we couldn't touch. On Christmas morning, the big strong father brought the gift down, down, down. and brought it close enough so that every one of us, rich or poor, black or white, male or female, married or single, every one of us could touch and every one of us could receive. That's the promise of Christmas. The power of God made close in Emmanuel. And when God is with us, we have all we need. We have every promise fulfilled. We have Christ in us. That's why we can have peace today. And all through to the end of the year, we can rest without worry. For God never said you won't pass through difficulties. But he does promise you will never have to go through them alone. And in him, the scope of every promise, the strength of the Almighty, comes available to us through the source, Jesus Christ. That's why when Jesus began his ministry, he said this in Luke 4, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Every promise, every prophecy fulfilled. That's the power of the promise of Christmas. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So let's come to Him and receive. Let's forget everything else and come to Jesus, the one who came near for us. Let's come to him today. But whoever you are, let's come to Jesus. Lift up your hands and open your mouth and let's pray today. Lord, we come to you. We come to your presence. We know that every promise is fulfilled and we put our lives into your hand right now. We ask you, God, to be near to us. We come close to you. We draw near and we say, Lord, we love you. We praise you. Meet every need. Touch every life. God bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House New Testament Church in East Legon. If you are ever in Accra, we would like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience.